The Public News Service Daily Newscast for January the 17th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Environmental groups are heading back to court this week on Friday. That in hopes of getting a clear deadline from the governor's administration to start raining in climate pollution at the West Elk Coal Mine in Colorado. Nathaniel Schof, a senior attorney with the Sierra Club, says the mine has been operating without a permit in violation of the Clean Air Act for years and is a major contributor to climate change due to its methane emissions. It's heat trapping properties are far more powerful than carbon dioxide. And scientists around the globe have told us that we are in the critical decade. If we want to avoid the worst effects of climate disruption, we must act and we must act now. A Colorado district court ruled in December that the Polish administration violated state law by failing to approve or deny an air pollution permit for the mine owned by Arch Resources, formerly Arch Coal, by a statutory deadline of September 2021. I'm Eric Galatis. Now to Oregon, where they're high on their list of states focused on sustainable building practices, according to a new report. Eric Tadoff lets us know the state comes in at number 10 in the U.S. Green Building Council's ranking released today. The ranking is based on the construction of LEED-certified buildings, a widely used system that rates environmentally friendly practices. In 2022, Oregon added more than 6 million square feet of LEED-certified space. The Pacific Regional Director for the U.S. Green Building Council, Stephanie Gabriel, says the next step for the state is to expand this type of construction outside of major cities. Bringing green building to more rural environments or small towns outside of Portland metro area and Salem, the larger cities of Oregon. So really making sure that we're addressing green building throughout the state. Gabriel says the Inflation Reduction Act signed by President Biden last year will bring federal funding to states with green building initiatives, which could increase the pace toward more sustainable construction. This is Oregon's second year in a row appearing on the list. California ranks fourth. Massachusetts came in number one. Now from the New York Times, more than 2,000 miles from New York City, Mayor Eric Adams stood outside a church in Texas Sunday and told a group of migrants that he would fight for them to be able to work and to experience the American dream. The Times notes the mayor's positive message contrasted with his difficult mission on this trip, trying to increase pressure on Biden to provide federal help to New York City, which is dealing with an influx of migrants. The Times says that Adams is showing compassion for people whose lives have been upended and at the same time insisting that they stop coming to New York. This is Public News Service. Nevada is still waiting for official designation of a new national monument. Back in November, President Joe Biden said he is committed to protecting the area known by some as Spirit Mountain, an area spanning about 450,000 acres near Laughlin. But it hasn't happened yet. Conservation groups and tribes say making Avikwame a national monument would align with Biden's 30 by 30 campaign, which aims to protect 30 percent of U.S. land and waters by 2030. Russell Coleman with the Nevada Wildlife Federation calls the designation the missing key needed for tri-state level land protections in the western U.S. With this designation, it's really going to be a big jump forward in accomplishing President Biden's 30 by 30 initiative. Now the question is, how else can we move that needle towards that goal? Opponents of protecting more public land want to see the area used in other ways. 
Backers of the Kulning Wind Energy Project have proposed a 310-megawatt wind farm within the boundaries of the proposed National Monument to provide energy to Nevada and California. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. Now to Maine, where ARP there sponsors an online workshop this week on long-range planning for health equity. Compared to other states, Maine has the oldest population in the U.S., and tens of thousands of Mainers are expected to retire in the coming years. Eric Calloway of Change Lab Solutions, the group moderating the discussion, says planning for how older Mainers can safely interact with public spaces can have a positive impact on their overall health. Not only does it take a village to build a village, but it also takes contributions from everyone in that village to make sure that the village that you build meets the needs of everybody. Callaway says organizers want input on things like crosswalks, signage, park benches, and wheelchair accessibility. The online workshop takes place tomorrow from 1 to 3 p.m., and participants can register through the AARP Maine website. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Finally, our Nadia Ramlingon tells us West Virginia's Teachers Union warns a proposed new tax cut will further shrink school budgets and drive more educators out of the profession. A crippling number of vacancies are straining school operations, and the number of non-certified teachers that have left their jobs has doubled since 2018, according to the state's Department of Education. West Virginia Education Association President Dale Lee says he welcomes the governor's 5% pay raise for state employees, but it isn't enough to reverse the worsening teacher shortage in public schools. We have over 1,500 classrooms across the state of West Virginia without a certified teacher in it. We're doing harm to kids. We have to address that issue. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here's our radio stations, big and small, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.